Hey there and welcome to Soul Church. Our prayer is that this message encourages you wherever you may be in life. You know, we've been hearing so many stories about what God is doing in people's lives and we'd love to hear yours. So take a second and send your story to stories at soulchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us today and we hope that you enjoy the message. God bless. Father, we thank you for this vision that you've placed in our hearts to place dignity and value to help those in greatest need in our city and in our world. Father, we can't do everything, but we will do something through this year's Half the House to make this world a better place. We thank you that Jesus cares for each individual. Jesus cares for every family. Jesus cares, Father God, for those who feel like no one cares. I pray through this year's giving that we will be able to build you a house that will bring glory to your name. I pray it will be a house, Father God, on the heart season. It will be a house where multiples of thousands of people in years and decades to come will find their peace with God. I pray it would be a refuge, Father God. I pray, Lord, that it would be a home, Father, for those who don't necessarily even have a natural home. As we give and as we let go and as we sacrifice this year, I pray for a breakout of miracles in businesses, in homes, in families, Father God. We, we give you again our lives. We have nothing, but we have everything because of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow. Come on, let's give God some praise one more time. Who's been stirred in the last 28 minutes? I don't know about you, but when we, you know, we've worked hard at that and the team's worked hard. I thank you to our creative team, but we just felt the Holy Spirit on this year. There was such an ease on this year like never before. And it's like we're going into unknown territory, but God's with us in this. And so just can't wait for the next 12 months. So I said it was going to be exciting. I said you need to put your seatbelts on, but it's going to be fantastic. Why don't you take your seats? Our verse for the year, we're going to remind ourselves again, Psalm 18, 29, with your help, with your help, I can advance against a troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. What do troops and walls stand for? They stand for some opposition. They stand for things that come against us. But with God, with God, we can advance. Jesus said this, he said, I will build my church. Jesus is a builder of lives. Jesus is building his church. And Heart for the House is all about seeing the kingdom of God advance here on earth. Once a year, if you're here for the first time, once a year we have a presentation and then six weeks later on October the 31st, we have what we call our Heart for the House Miracle Offering, where once a year we ask our church to go above and beyond, to sacrifice and do something that can literally change the shape of people's lives forever. And the most important thing of what happens today Surprisingly enough, is not the coffee you drink, even though it's really good, or the bread sauce croissants, even though they are fantastic, or the worship, which was just next level today, or even the word that I'm about to speak. There's something even more important than all of that, and do you know what that is? Our response to it all. Our response to it. 
Because we can see the vision, we can hear the vision, you can hear the word, you can worship, but it's our response to what has just been presented in front of us that is the deciding factor of the future. We can hear it, we can watch it, but if we do not respond to what God is saying, it has no effect on our lives. That's why the Bible says, don't just be hearers of the word, be doers, put it into action. And God's desire in this season is that our faith will grow. Half of the house, what it does is it stretches our faith. Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith, make sure you're still with me online, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And I believe that what takes place over these next six weeks will be the most significant six weeks in the history of our church. And half the house will outlive our hobbies, it will outlive our careers, it will outlive our investments, our pension funds. Half of the house, this moment will outlive all of them because this is where we get to invest in the lives of people. Half the house is all about sacrifice. You know, I, I used to apologize. I used to apologize all the time when it came to our giving. You know, I'm sorry if you feel uncomfortable about this, but I've stopped doing that. Because we sacrifice for ourselves all the time. So sacrificing, asking you and asking myself to sacrifice for the greatest cause on this planet, which is the local church, the kingdom of God. I'm not making an apology apology for asking you to sacrifice because something is going to shape the lives of children and young people. We've got Rebecca here today. Just stand up, Rebecca. She's the head teacher. Just turn around and wave at everyone. She's the head teacher of the Clare School. I'm not going to apologize for asking you to give to help these incredible children place value and dignity on them. I believe that's not, that's our duty. Our duty. Whenever God asks people to activate their faith, whenever God asks people to take risks in the scriptures, this is what happened. God sends a miracle. God sends a miracle. Matthew 9, 29 says this, according to your faith, it will be done to you. And so over the next six weeks, we're going to be doing a brand new series called Not By Might. And I'm believing in this series, I'm going to begin that next week. This is kind of a, uh, just a, a one-off message. But in this series, I'm believing that God's going to reactivate some faith and build some faith in the room. Because you can't give if you don't have faith because you're going to go, well, I'm not going to have enough. But if you give, you know that God's going to get you back when you've got faith in your batteries. All right? God moves according to our faith. Now, we're going we're to go to a very famous story. In fact, it's the most famous story in Scripture in just a moment. And every miracle in the Bible is because somebody moved. Somebody took a risk. Jesus never did miracles to show off. Jesus wasn't a show off. He did miracles to show his disciples and those around him spiritual truths. So the story I'm going to go to today is a miracle where you might think, wow, this is kind of Jesus showing off, but it wasn't that at all. It's the famous story of Jesus feeding 5,000 men and women and children. And Jesus performed this miracle to teach his disciples and to teach those in attendance and the generations to come, which is us, some spiritual truths uh, from this passage. So we're going to stand to our feet. We're going to read this passage. We're going to read it from the, message, from the message paraphrase version. It says, When Jesus looked out and saw that a large crowd had arrived, he said to Philip, Where can we buy bread to feed these people? He said this to stretch Philip's faith. 
he already knew what he was going to do. By the way, Jesus is already ahead of us. Jesus isn't worried about a petrol crisis. You might be worried how you're going to get to work on Tuesday. God's like, I've got this sorted. Just trust me. He's like, put some oil on the chain on the bicycle. You'll be just fine. You'll be just fine. You know, we had people today, they biked to, they, they biked to church today from Posick. Isn't that amazing? Like, people just want to be in the house. I don't want to miss heart for the house. I'm going to find a way. And let me tell you, this, 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 this couple were in their 60s, biked here to church today. I think that's absolutely... I tell you what, that is commitment to the house. So if you're watching online, you can still get here for the, uh, for the offering. Uh, if, you get, if you get the garage out right, get the bike out of the garage right now. When Jesus looked out, he saw, we've read that, but he already knew what he was going to do. Philip answered, 200 silver pieces wouldn't be enough to buy bread for each person to get a piece. One of the disciples, it was Andrew, brother of Simon Peter, said, there's a little boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But that's a drop in the bucket for a crowd like this. Jesus said, make the people sit down. There was a nice carpet of green grass, just like Steve Mawson's. They sat down, about 5,000 of them. Then Jesus took the bread, and having given thanks, he gave it to those who were seated. He did the same with the fish. All ate as much as they wanted. Father God, I pray that you'd bless your word to this church today. Amen. You can take a seat. Now, I want to summarize. I want to summarize this story into one line. If you take your notes, I want you to write this down. One line. You ready? Jesus can do a lot with a little. Jesus can do a lot with a little. It's humanly and physically impossible to feed over 5,000 people with five loaves and a fish. But hidden in this story are three spiritual truths today that we can unpack. They're going to help us as we go into the next six weeks. As we hold on, as we prepare for our heart for the house on October the 31st, miracle. The first spiritual truth is this, God, I need to see the need. God, I see the need in front of me. This little boy, we don't know his name, we don't know his age, we don't know his background, we don't know anything about him. All we know is he had his eyes open. He could sense that he needed to help out. Today, we've just seen the need. We've seen the need in the Philippines. We've seen the need after that. I, I remember going to the Philippines three or four years ago and being there just after what had happened in that mudslide and speaking to a dad who'd lost his little child, a three-year-old son, lost in mud and died. I remember holding that dad's hand and saying, what can we do for this, this community? He said, would you rebuild our church that was lost? I remember making a commitment to him that day that we would do it. We managed to put up the first part of the show, and you can see they've been using it already, but we want to finish what we started for this year's Heart for the House. We're going to bring hope to a community still in mourning. Can we see the need at the Clare School? Wonders a church we can bring dignity and add value to those children with such a short life expectancy. We've seen the need of individuals like Samite, those who are literally saying, I don't want to live anymore. But maybe a box of food, because it's, it's not about the pastor in the box, it's about the fact that someone thought about sending the box. Could it be that there are many more Samites in our city that say, I, I can't do this anymore, and we could be the hope for them? Our new building, it's going to be a house of worship, 1,200 seats, 
And I'm believing every single one of them on a Sunday is going to be full of people expecting to see God do miracles in their life. This will be the house of God. The The first truth is this, God, I see the need. Who would be willing to say today, God, I see the need around me? Often we just see the need in us. We see what we don't have. We see what we should have or what we could have had. But God is saying today, this little boy, he said, I'm hungry, but I see a greater need. Everyone's hungry. The second truth we can grab from this story is this, is God, I'll give you the little which I have. There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. I love what he says. He says, but that's a drop in the, a drop in the bucket for a crowd like this. And Jesus says to the disciples, he says, why don't you go and do a walkabout? Why don't you walk amongst the crowds and see if you can find enough food to feed everyone? And they find a kid with some tuna sandwich. Obviously, it didn't say tuna sandwiches. It said loaves and fishes, but it's a modern day miracle. Out of 5,000 people, they only find food on one person. Now, you're not telling me this. You're telling me that only one person, by the way, Jesus had a reputation for speaking long. If I preached here on a Sunday for three hours, I know you'd all sneak snacks in here. I see you all slipping mints in occasionally when you feel a little bit peckish. And Jesus had a reputation for speaking all day, which means they were hungry. And only one little boy remembered his lunch. Mm, I don't buy into that. You see, every story needs a hero. And this little boy becomes the hero of the story. You see, there was two groups of people in the crowd that day. There was a giver and there was hiders. And I think when the disciples were mingling around with the disciples and looking for food, I think people were doing this. No, I haven't got anything. No, I'm out. No, no, I'm nothing, nothing. And this little boy saw the commotion. He came and said to, to Philip and to Andrew, he said, all I've got is four little squares of tuna sandwiches, but it's just a drop in a bucket. And they said, hey, no, 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 no. We're not dealing with a normal situation here. We're dealing with Jesus. Jesus is here. And he's been able to raise dead people. He's been doing some crazy stuff. And if you're brave enough just to hand over your tuna sandwiches to Jesus, get ready for what he can do. This little boy was not a hider He was a giver. We live in a world where people hide. They hide their wealth. Jesus didn't need anything to perform a miracle, by the way. He didn't need anything. 2,000 years earlier, the Bible said he called down bread from heaven to feed the Israelites. He didn't need the little boy's lunch. But this is the takeaway that God always starts with what we have. God always starts with what we have. This makes no sense. It says that it would have taken so many pieces of silver to feed that whole crowd. Theologians today believe that would have been a 15,000 pound challenge to feed 5,000 people. Yet there was maybe 50 p's worth of 
sandwiches. Yet you see, Jesus can do a lot with a little. Jesus can do a lot with a little. So the question I'm asking myself, and you're welcome to listen, is this. Am I a hider when I see need, or am I a giver? You see, God will always use what we give him. God will always use what we give him. This little boy put his tuna sandwich in the hands of Jesus, and 2,000 plus years later, we are still talking about him. Now, I'll be honest. I don't think I'd have been a hider. I think I'd have been this person if I was the little boy. I'd have been, tell you what, I've got four corners. If I give this one, anyone else think, I wouldn't have done this, but I might have done this. Yeah? Anyone with me? You'd have, you'd have done a, just, I'll give you a square. Work with a square. But you see, this little boy wasn't a partial giver. He was a sacrificial giver. And he said, now, just understand this for a second. My kids are hungry every 20 minutes. <laughs> All right, I don't know if they're here. There's Justice, he's right there. Okay, if you hang around with Justice, he's going to get something. Well, he's going to get you to go to the till and buy him something, okay, because he loves snacks. Okay, and if we ever go on a day trip, or if we go out in the car, even if we go into the town for a couple of hours, mummy always packs a little snack of popcorn or a little Kit Kat or something because she knows at some point, mummy, I'm hungry. Now, it's one thing for parents, one thing for parents, we're good, we can just push on, we can skip lunch and we can skip breakfast and we do that, but for kids, they can't skip it. It's the only thing on their brain. They would rather give their toys away than their snack. You can have my kid, yeah, you can have all my toys, but I don't have my Kit Kat. That's how it works with kids, yeah? Any parents out there, you know what I'm talking about. So it's interesting that Jesus uses a little boy. And boys are just hungry all the time. And the little boy, so this wasn't just a sacrifice, this was a supernatural sacrifice. This went beyond natural understanding. You try and get Justice's sausage roll off him after the service. Ain't gonna happen. Ain't gonna happen. He might give you his money. He might give you his, his trainers. He ain't giving you his snack. We don't know this lad's age. We don't know his name. We don't know his background. We don't know anything about him. All we know is this, the condition of his heart. The condition of his heart was revealed in this story. And this young, this young boy teaches us three things when it comes to giving. If you're writing notes, take this down, because this is how God requires us to be when it comes to the, to the condition of our heart in this area. Number one, he gives willingly. Willingly. He's like, here it is. There's no arm twisting, he just gives willingly. The second thing is he gives cheerfully. We don't recall anything about this little boy moaning. You try taking sweets off a kid. Ain't gonna happen. They're gonna, they're gonna moan and whine. That's why the Bible says 2 Corinthians 9, 7, God loves a cheerful giver. He wants us to give cheerfully. On October the 31st, we're not gonna squeeze the five pound note so hard that the queen's crying, there's tears coming out of her eyes as we put it in the container. No, we come with a joyful heart. We come with cheerful heart and say, God, I'm gonna place this in your hands. Why? Because we've seen the need and God, God 
you can use what little I have. We give willingly, we give cheerfully. The third thing is he gave immediately. As soon as he heard the need, he said, I'm in. For some of us today, we just got to make a commitment to say, I'm in for the heart for the house. I'm not quite sure how it's going to look, how it's going to work. I'm not quite sure how I'm going to make this work. But God, I just want to commit today to saying, I'm in. So God says this. He says, first of all, you've got to see it. First spiritual truth. Then the second truth is this. God, I'm going to give you what little I have. Whatever I have, I'm, going to, I'm not going to withhold. God doesn't want you to be with a holder. He wants you to be a giver. The third truth from this story is, this is my favorite one. God, I expect you to multiply it. God, I expect you to multiply it. Do you know, it was just a few hours earlier that Jesus raised Jairus' daughter. If somebody raised a dead person in Norwich, do you know the, that story would spread quick? Yeah? Yeah? Well, Jesus' reputation was flying that he was raising dead people. He was healing the sick. So this little boy knew of Jesus' reputation. He would have gone to hear him speak for five, six hours if he didn't know that this guy had a good reputation. And I think this little boy thought, if he can raise a dead girl, what could he do with my tuna sandwich? If God can do what he's done in the last seven years, I wonder what he could do when I place my sacrifice in his hands on October the 31st. If God's already done, I wonder what God could do with my little. I expect you, God, to multiply it. If you're taking notes, write this down online. This is important. God doesn't just want to meet your needs. He wants to exceed them. He wants to exceed them. Unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, and above. God always wants to surprise us. If I was in that crowd that day, man, I'd have been surprised. That miracle made no sense. What we're doing makes no sense. It makes no sense to help build a church in the Philippines when we're trying to build our own. We need every single penny we can have. But we see the need. We see the plight of those. We've got to stand up for those who have no platform to stand on. So what we're going to do? We're going to say we're going to do some things that make no sense because faith pleases God. And I expect whatever comes in, whatever tuna sandwiches arrive on October. And don't send tuna sandwiches. All right, keep them at home for the kids. But whatever tuna sandwiches come in on October the 31st, here's the deal. I expect God to multiply. I expect God to multiply in your home, in your business, in every area of your life. We don't give to get. We give because we love people. But I expect God to take what I place in his hands and use it. Amen. Think about this. This little boy. The Bible says that there was more than enough. So they didn't just feed the crowd. There was more than enough. And the crowd went home with leftovers. Now, I'm not a leftover guy. Who's not a leftover person? I'm like, if it's cooked in the day, I'm in. Now, my wife, she'll just keep eating the food up. And she's amazing, all right? She's the, left, so the leftover crew. You're amazing. I think this little boy was into leftovers. And he arrives home 
with 12 baskets of tuna sandwiches. Now, Justice arrives home with 12 baskets of Kit Kats. I've sent, him, I've sent him to school with one. Where did you get that, son? Well, I met Jesus in a field and he multiplied it. Get to your room right now. <laughs> I want to have words with you because I know that something's happened. And this little boy arrives home and he says to his mom, he says, Mom, I know you sent me out with four squares, but we got 12 baskets full. And the family can eat. We can have a bit of a party. I believe the story that we're writing here at Soul Church will be a modern day Bible story which people will tell here. The lesson today is this, don't hide your lunch from Jesus. When you place it in his hands, he will multiply it. Once you say, Chantal and I, and we've sacrificed in the seven years previously of Heart of the House, like I know many of you, but whatever Chantal and I have given to God, he's always returned with more. He's always returned with more. But my motive is never to get more. So this is about a condition of your heart. When you give, it's not about giving. God is not an investment fund. God is not put this in and hopefully get this out. That's not how it works with God. You give because you love the church. You love what God is doing in the church. And Thank you. I appreciate that. Someone give me some encouragement from the fund. And I appreciate that. But one young, obedient lad, 5,000 full bellies and more. I wonder what an act of obedience in our lives could do. So this half of the house, October the 31st, we get to offer our lunch to Jesus. We get to say, God, we see the need around us. God, I give you what little or whatever I have and God, I expect you to multiply that. Not necessarily just in my life, but I expect you. If I, you know, I had, had a gentleman come up to me in the first service. He said, all I have is 10 pounds, and he gave it me. That was our first seed this year, 10 pounds. 10 pounds. Just a little. That's all it was. 10 pounds. 10 pounds against 8, 9 million pounds? a drop in the bucket but when you put it in God's hands he decayed that because he expects God to multiply it God can do a lot with a little I would love you to stand the vision for our future has always been change lives and I want to just talk about the new building and we deliberately put the building at the end of the presentation each time because I don't want our focus ever to be about bricks and mortar. I want it to be about changed lives. But I do know that this building, this building, this facility that you see on the screen will be an oasis for people in the city. And we are going to see thousands and thousands and thousands of people make their decision and make their peace with God. We've been talking about it for four years and we're going to see it come to pass. We're going to be putting a spade in the ground on October the 31st. I don't know if you're thinking about going to Spain on that date. Change the date. Because this is a historic date. We will never get this date back. Okay, so I'm asking you as a church. It's going to be at 6 p.m. We're going to have normal services in the morning, 8.30, 10.30, 12.30. 
In, 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 in those services, we're going to be receiving our Heart for the House miracle offering. Just a moment, I'm going to hand out the brochure and the envelope. But we're going to, we're going to be going up to the Heartsees Lane site. It's just, just under three miles south. And we're going to be, there's going to be diggers there. We're going to have a service. We're going to have an open air worship service. If it's raining, we're going to do it anyway. Bring your umbrellas. There's no petrol by then. Walk, do whatever you can to get there because this is going to be history. The media are going to be there. We've got diggers on site. They're going to let me on the digger. I don't think they are. We're going to break ground. We're going to take ground. God is in control right now because building costs are soaring across the UK. What started out as a 7 million project is way over that. And we're at a critical moment. We've got a robust fundraising strategy. We've got a team in place who are working hard. But church, I'm believing God that we're going to raise a million pounds this year. This is a big ask. But if Jesus can feed 5,000 people with a little lad's lunch pack, why can't we see a modern day miracle? So I'm asking you, church, to stretch your faith, to trust God. Don't be, a, don't be a hider this year, be a giver. We're going to be totally transparent. We need some miracles in the next six months. The good news is this. Due to your past generosity, we can commission and complete a watertight shell by the end of May. Which means by the end of May, you're going to see the shell of our new church, watertight, on the heart seats. We have enough money to get that far. And this is all happening a lot quicker than I thought. But here's the deal. We can't finish what we don't start. So we're going to start. And even if we have to press pause for a few weeks or a few months, it doesn't matter. It's okay. We're just going to keep moving forward. And if I say, right, everyone at the church, we're painting this afternoon, we'll paint. We'll do whatever it takes to get that church open but we're going to put a spade in the ground because I think that spade is a significant moment because it's a groundbreaking faith moment we're going to literally set faith alive in people's hearts so we're going to believe God for a million this half of the house would you join me would you join me in faith would you join me and pray come on would you pray right now would you lift your hands I want you to pray right now for a miracle a miracle the church is growing this building's too small we need this miracle. We trust you. Father, you're able to do exceedingly and abundantly and above. And Father, just like that little boy, we can see the need. We can see the need at the Clare School. We can see the need in the Philippines. We can see the need around us. And Father, whatever little or whatever much we have, we're going to place it in your hands. And Father, we expect you to multiply it, Father God. Your reputation goes before you. And we expect you, Father God. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by your Spirit. So Father, I pray for miracles in the church. Father, I pray that we wouldn't shy away. We would not hide away, Father. Father, we would give, Father God. We would sacrifice to see these miracles. Miracles take place in Jesus' name. Come on, let's declare this out. My confidence. We're going to stick together over these next few weeks and few months. Let me tell you, this is going to be so exciting. It's going to be hitting the media tomorrow and people are going to be talking about this project. And I feel like the church is behind this. 
we feel your strength and support and we're going to go in it and we're going to go strong 1200 seats we're going to see them all filled multiple times on a Sunday we're going to see a revival in this land we're going to see people being healed and saved and delivered through Jesus I'm confident hallelujah thank you Lord man I can feel the presence of God thank you God it's not by might it's not by power but it is by your spirit thank you Jesus thank you God stir hearts praise you God come on just begin to pray right now come on we're not ruled by a run sheet we're not ruled by the clock right now God's spirit is moving God's spirit is moving in the church thank you God let his presence let his peace fill you right now his faithfulness remains thank you God over our children over our young people our students our families our seniors his faithfulness remains just remember everyone's eyes closed I want to give one more opportunity, an opportunity today for people to make their peace with God. We've been talking about giving and generosity, but the greatest act of generosity was from the Father who sent His Son, His only Son, Jesus, to earth. He died on a cross. It's not just a kid's story. It's not just a story read about Easter. It's a true story. It's the greatest story of love towards humanity. They put a crown of thorns on His head put nails in his hands and his feet and a spear in his side and he took the punishment for my sin. Every time I screwed up, messed up, Jesus, he took it on his back. That's why we have this big sign up here saying the cross equals love because it doesn't equal death, it equals love because he loves you. Whether you're sitting in your living room, in the office, in the room, wherever you are today, God loves you, my friend. He's got a plan for your life. I meet a lot of people and say, I'm not good enough for anyone to die for me. I'm not good enough for God's love. But the good news is none of us are good enough. The Bible says, for all have sinned. For all have fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. We're all sinners. But we're not here to discuss your past. We're here to talk about your future with Jesus. And He can wipe your past clean. He can give you a brand new start. He can give you a fresh direction today. If you simply do this, respond to His love. Respond to His love. Bible says if you confess with your, your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you will be saved. Today, this is a moment to receive His love and confess that you're a believer in Him. Maybe you're the first time back since lockdown. Maybe you're watching online like, you heard Samite's story, and this is the first time you've ever really tuned in, but you feel something different about this. It's God's love. You can respond in this moment. I'd love to pray for you. Pray that you'd receive this gift of Christ's love. When I get to three, if you're in the room, what I want you to do is just slip up your hand and say, John, include me. If you're online, just say, I'm, I'm about to say a prayer or include me in this moment. Put a thumbs up, whatever you feel comfortable with it right now. This is your moment to make your peace with God. When you get to three, just slip up your hand long enough and high enough in the room so I can see it. One, two, three. Just slip up nice and high and say, pray for me. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Beautiful. People making their peace with God. God bless you. Fantastic. Love that. Right at the back. Good on you. Thank you. Amazing. You can, you can put your hands down. We're going to say this prayer out loud. 
Dear Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you that he died on the cross for me. Right now, I repent of my sin. I give you my life. I place it in your hands. I'm now a follower of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on, would you put your hands together and thank everyone who said that prayer. Wow, so many hands went up. And even if your hand didn't go up, maybe you're online, maybe you want to send us a text message to the number on the screen, like Samite did that says, I have decided, and our team will be in touch this week. If you're in the room, we want to give you a gift. It's a Bible because Jesus said, don't go out and make decisions. He said, go out and make disciples. We want to help you move forward in your next steps and your faith. And to do that, we need the first step is to give you a gift. It's a Bible and it's full of modern day stories. A little bit like Samites, of people who've made a decision to turn their back on their past and put their lives in the hand of Jesus. And they've never looked back. And so our team will be out there in the foyers and the atrium. And we also, we'd love to give you a little light bulb. Maybe you saw on the video, it says, Jesus is life. And that light bulb, every single one of the bulbs in that wall is people like you made that decision in the service to say, hey, I want to become a follower of Christ. And we want to give you a little light bulb. And if you feel comfortable, you can screw your light bulb in the wall and we want to celebrate. Because this isn't a quiet moment as in, oh, I wonder what people think. We're actually, this is like a party. The Bible says when someone makes a decision to follow Jesus, it says the angels in heaven have a party. So we need to have a bit more of a party when people rejoice and find Christ. So again, let us know. The team will be out there. We'll give you a Bible and a light bulb. And the best piece of advice that anyone ever gave me was this. Keep coming back to church and keep reading your Bible. It's the best piece of advice anyone ever gave me when it comes to being a disciple of Jesus. Just keep coming back. Even when you don't feel good, even when you're like, oh, have I got to? Just keep doing it. Step by step, your life moves forward. Thanks again for tuning in. And if you said the salvation prayer today, we'd love for you to email connecttofaith at soulchurch.com so we can talk to you a little bit more about this incredible decision that you've just made. Yeah, you know, and if at any point in the service you felt moved to give towards any of our local or global initiatives, then head to soulchurch.com and click on the giving at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us today, and we hope to see you again soon. God bless.